Williams from 40 for the win. It is good. Now, back to BetMGM Tonight. Here are Nick Ashu, Trista Crick, and Ryan Horvath on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. Well, hopefully, finally, guys, we may have ourselves a real primetime game coming up on Thursdays. Well, last night was fun, but like, let's be honest. It was fun because it was chaos and because the Bills were a complete mess. And because won. they gave, won they gave the Broncos <laughs> a million opportunities to win that game. So it's it might be hopefully a little bit different Thursday night with the Ravens as three-and-a-half-point favorites hosting the Bengals. Both teams kind of desperate. Both teams coming off of losses. Obviously a, a little bit different for what happened against the Browns. And the Ravens blowing that 14 nothing. I mean, multiple big leads there. The Bengals getting shocked by a team in the Texans where we're starting to look around going, uh, wait. Are the Texans a playoff team? Is C.J. Stroud an MVP? I mean, that's that's the narrative around the Texans now. So that loss may not look as bad, and it may not look as bad for the Ravens either when it's all said and done because Cleveland may be a team you look at and go, oh, yeah, they're a playoff team, and they're really good, and they're trending up. So, But both teams certainly desperate. Bengals 5-4, and four, uh, Ravens 7-3 and three on the season. Frank Schwab jumps on with us now. NFL sports betting, Yahoo Sports. Uh, let's look at this game coming up on Thursday. If you had to look at the Ravens and Bengals and kind of set a, uh, a desperation meter for both of the teams, whose desperation meter would be higher Thursday night? I, I, you almost have to say the Bengals. I mean, look, when you put yourself in a one and three hole to start the season, it means you can't lose any winnable games. And they lost a winnable game on Sunday. Uh, look, the Texans are playing good. I get that, but the Bengals still have to win that game, and they didn't. And now you're looking up, saying, "Hey, if we lose Thursday night, it means we got swept by the Ravens. We're five and five. This isn't going well for us." And a really, really tough AFC as far as a wild card uh, race goes. So I think they're the more desperate team. But the Ravens, you know, you spend weeks uh, talked about as the best team of football and then you blow a 14 point lead at home <laughs> against the Browns that, that ain't good either so I think that's what that was going to make this game really really good is is both teams need it they really do I mean both of them hear the Browns knocking I'll tell you that the Browns have by far the easiest schedule out of those three teams and I'm dismissing the Steelers I'm sorry if you get outgained in nine straight games you're probably not keeping that up for the rest of the season so among those three teams that I I can see winning the AFC North the Browns have the easiest path. The Bengals and Ravens have to know that and realize, hey, we can't afford to, to let the Browns catch us and pass us. Yeah, no doubt. I'm curious because they fire Ken Dorsey, which we've all been calling for. Uh, McDermott feels like he might be next if this thing doesn't get better. But the vibes, Frank, feel bad. I texted Sal Capaccio last night, sideline reporter, and he said something just feels off with this offense. What's wrong with Buffalo? A lot. And, you know, I tweeted about this last night, and it may seem like a small deal, but I thought it was a big deal. James Cook, who had not lost a fumble all season, lost one his rookie year. So we're about the 25th game into James Cook's career about that. He loses a fumble on the first play. Like, you don't want that to happen. Like, James Cook doesn't want that to happen. And Sean McDermott benches him for a quarter and a half and might not have even put him back in if the Bills didn't fall behind 9-zip. And I just sat there thinking this is the the sign of a guy who doesn't know what he's doing right now. He's just grasping at straws. He's just, he's desperate. He's just trying to find a scapegoat, honestly, and he found another one today, this morning. So I'm very worried about the Bills. I, I was before last night. I, I kept saying, you know, radio, whatever, any appearances, that hey, the Broncos got a shot tonight. And I didn't expect it to quite happen like it did with the Bills just kind of falling apart. Like, this is a sloppy, undisciplined team. 
I don't think McDermott should get fired or anything. I saw a lot of that on social media. No, no, he, he's a good coach, but he's having a really bad year. And again, the James Cook thing, a small thing, but I think that was symptomatic of what's going on in Buffalo. Of they don't know what they're doing. They just they're just really gripping it right now. And I think the pressure is getting to them. I covered the Packers for a while, Razor, Wisconsin. I know what that that type of town is like, like a Buffalo. Football's 24-7 there. And they thought, you know, we're trying to get the Super Bowl. Try We never won one before. And those Bills players feel that every day. When you're 5-4, five and four, now 5-5, five and five, it, it's just crushing to you. There, there's nothing else to take the attention off. And I think that pressure is getting to them a little bit. I'm not saying they can't turn around their season. They could. But none of the signs are good right now. And I, I don't feel comfortable. Let, let's put it this way. I, I'm not going to be backing the Bills too often going forward. Frank, I know you mentioned that Sean McDermott is a good coach, but is it possible that Sean McDermott is Marvin Lewis? Possible. I mean, it's you can't get him over the hump yet. I look, I look at the results of the past few years, and the, the Bills are consistently one of the elite teams. In 13 seconds hadn't happened a couple of years ago in Kansas City. We'd be having a different conversation about Sean McDermott, but it did happen. And I, maybe he's just that coach, like you said, like Marvin Lewis, just good enough to get there and not good enough to get over the hump. That That's quite possible, too. I, I trusted Sean McDermott. I do think he's a good coach. But, I mean, we look back, and maybe Brian Dayball and Sean McDermott needed each other a little more than we thought. Yeah, yeah. Frank, looking at your latest power rankings, um, I love seeing the Lions at number three. But you have the Eagles number one, and then you have KC number two. They're going to meet, obviously, coming up this week. Kansas City at Arrow had a three-point favorite. What would you do in this game? I actually kind of like Philadelphia uh, now that we're at three. Yeah, and honestly, like, this is just a weird season in the NFL. And that comes a cliche. We, we talk about that every year. Every year is weird in the NFL. I get that. But it's like nothing is permanent. Nobody's good. We think the Ravens are the best team of football. They take a step back. Yeah. San Francisco, same way a while ago. So when you say, like, you know, you have, you have these two teams, number one and two, do I believe that these two teams are great? No, I don't. I really, truly don't. I think they're both flawed. And I, I think the I think Kansas City has more flaws right now. I really do. It's weird that finally Patrick Mahomes is given a great defense. Not Maybe not great, but very good. I, I think it's clearly top ten defense. And the offense hasn't gotten there. Like, what exactly is going on? I just, right now, I think the Eagles are in a better spot. They're winning games, which is obviously a skill many teams in the NFL have not mastered this season. I at least have to give them that, even though I'm not too impressed with them. I, I You got to you give me the points, I'm going to take the points here. I just, I don't know where the Chiefs are at. I don't know if they're really, a, they're definitely not a vintage Chiefs team in the Mahomes era. And I don't even know if they're as good as their record. I, I just, I'm very, very cold with this Chiefs team right now. Frank, when I look at the Browns, I still don't know what to make of them. We know what they are defensively, but then you got this whole Deshaun Watson situation. I mean, look, they're 6-3. and three, They're four-point favorites against the Steelers this weekend. We saw the comeback that they had against the Ravens. I also saw Deshaun Watson start 6-22 of 22 in that game, and that <laughs> offense look absolutely abysmal. But then he leads a game-winning drive at the end, and you go, oh, there's... There's something there again. That's kind of like the old Deshaun Watson that we haven't seen in years. What do you make of Deshaun Watson specifically and this Browns offense moving forward? You know, I, I think Deshaun Watson is is probably never going to recapture what he was with the Texans when he was legitimately a top six, seven quarterback. And it was a terrible trade, terrible contract and all that. But you do have to say this too, that look, I'm not a quarterback wins guy. I hate that stat. I hate assigning records to quarterbacks. Mm -hmm. But in Deshaun Watson's six starts, the Browns are five and one. And, okay, one of those got knocked out early against the Colts. That was more of a P.J. Walker game. But 4-1, that's telling. It's it's saying that 
Deshaun Watson might not be great anymore, but he's the best option the Browns have, and they're so good around him that they can win games with him. And I think that's important. And I think the second half last week, well, it was, it was huge for Deshaun and his confidence and the Browns' confidence in him. Now they've seen, okay, this guy, look, he was great in the second half. He really was. I, I, even when, you know, when they missed that extra point, I thought, okay, there's a game. The Browns, uh, th- that's going to cost them. And the, the Ravens give the ball back to him, and Deshaun Watson leads him downfield for a game-winning field goal. That was his best moment as a Cleveland Brown so far. So maybe going forward, as he's healthier, he could play a little bit better, a little more confidence. Kevin Stefanski has a little more confidence calling plays for him, highlighting him a little bit. Maybe he can come out of this shell. I'm not sold on Deshaun Watson, but I am sold on this Browns team. They're very, very good around him. And I think Deshaun can be good enough for them to win games. I, I don't know if Deshaun's ever going to be a Pro Bowl-type guy anymore. But, uh, you know, 4-1 and one in the games that he's mostly played, it, it tells me a lot about the Cleveland Browns this season. Where are you at on the Minnesota Vikings? Because defensively, they've been actually really good. Josh yeah. Dobbs continues to step in in a very tough spot and lead them to win games in impressive fashion. And they go to Denver, and they're actually two-point dogs, which surprises me a lot. Yeah, it's there's always one team in the NFL that kind of – how are they doing this? What is, what's happening here? Last year, it was the Minnesota Vikings. This year, it's probably the Minnesota Vikings. Like, I don't know. I – I look at that roster and I say, how how are they winning games? And it, it's probably Kevin O'Connell. I was shocked, by the way. I looked on Monday. I wrote on Sunday that Kevin O'Connell is is been the best coach in the NFL this year. He's probably making the airtight coach of the year conver- uh, argument right now, and he's still ten to one. I think he's third on the list in in at BetMGM and in the coach of the year odds. I, I don't know what other people are seeing, but I see him as the best coach of football this year. When Justin Jefferson went down, everybody said, trade Kirk Cousins, season's over. When Kirk Cousins went down, it was an injury after they didn't trade him, then it really looked done. Like, you're not going anywhere. But here the Vikings are. They have not lost a game by more than seven points all season. They could easily be 9-1, 8-2 with a couple bounces their way. I think that's all Kevin O'Connell. I mean, the, what he's done with Joshua Dobbs is amazing. Now they're going to get Justin Jefferson back. They have the type of schedule. They're going to make the playoffs unless they screw this up. And I think if they make the playoffs... Kevin O'Connell's your coach of the year. I don't see any way around that. I was curious about that that line, too, with Denver being favored, but Denver's playing well, too. I mean, how they've bounced back from one and four, I don't really know. It's going to be a really, really interesting game between two teams that, that looked dead in the water a month ago, and now here they are, both one of definitely in the playoff race, and, and Denver's gotten back in that conversation, too. Frank, it's funny when you look at the uh, NFC, like the odds market, because you have the Lions minus 750 to win the North. You have the Eagles minus 550 to win the East, and then San Francisco minus 550 to win the uh, West. But in the South, the Saints are minus 110, Atlanta's plus uh, 220, and then Tampa Bay's plus 300. Who's the best team in that division? It should be the Saints, but are they? I don't know. I mean, we just talked about the Vikings, (laughs) and I was watching that game saying, the, the Saints are not even just barely the best roster uh, in this game. They're leaps and bounds ahead of the Vikings. Like, they're so much more talented than the Vikings, and they're getting blown out. They get in make a close set again. And I'm just like, Dennis Allen just ain't it. Like, he's just, I don't think they're going to get there. I, and at this point, I'm almost like, why not Tampa Bay? I, I, this, this division stinks. Atlanta is just giving it away. I mean, they have the easiest schedule of football, and they don't want to win this division. They're doing everything they can to blow it. The Saints just look like they're not going to get there. This talent is just not going to click for them. Why not the Buccaneers, I guess? It's the same thing with the NFC South last year, where none of the teams are good, and the Buccaneers just back their way into it. Somebody's backing their way into it this year. 
I, I guess I'm riding with the Bucks. By the way, when you mentioned those division odds, I'm shocked the 49ers are that high. I, I haven't given up on the Seahawks. Yeah. I haven't given up no? on the Seahawks uh, winning that division. Why uh, not? Like, uh, I, I mean, I don't see why the 49ers are that great. Yeah, we only got a couple minutes. I wanted to ask you about them, but I have to ask you about Kyler in Arizona and what they're going to do. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's a one-game sample size, obviously, but if he continues to look like he did on Sunday and they win games, you know, are they going to look at a quarterback? Or are they going to look maybe at a tackle or Marvin Harrison? I mean, what do you think Arizona does if Kyler continues to play the way that he did on Sunday? Really fascinating. If Kyler continues to play the way he did on Sunday, they're not going to be a position draft one of those quarterbacks. I mean, that's yeah. the conundrum here, right? Like Kyler is, Kyler wants to win games because otherwise they're going to draft his replacement. I would personally go with Drake May or Caleb Williams over Kyler. I just think start over, rookie contract, all that kind of stuff. But Kyler looked really good on Sunday. I've never been a big fan of his game. I, I think he's overpaid now. But it's going to be really interesting to see what they do against a, a really hot Houston team on Sunday. I, I mean, they look much better. Kyler obviously gave them a spark, was moving around a lot better than I figured coming off the ACL. So I think they might win enough games to kind of knock them out of the Drake May conversation and maybe into the Marvin Harrison conversation, like you said, which is not really that bad. I mean, give a give Kyler a weapon like that, and maybe you're starting to build something. Talking to Frank Schwab, BetMGM tonight. Still got about two minutes here. I want to follow up on what you said about Seattle there because you said you're not counting out the Seahawks just yet in that division. I mean, the 49ers, we saw a dominant performance, obviously, against the Jags. Yeah. They are healthy again. Why are you not counting out Seattle just yet? Well, and it's nothing. It's it's not a 49ers thing. I was kind of on the mm-hmm. anti 49ers bandwagon in August. I've given that up. They're a really, really good football team. You <laughs> saw that Sunday. Uh, look, yeah. but you tell me those odds, and I don't think Seattle's that far behind them. I really don't. I, I see Zach Charbonnet getting better. I see JSN getting better. They have as many weapons as the C, as San Francisco 49ers. Maybe not the really, really top end guys, but they can come at you in different ways. Geno. I think he had a little bit of a breakthrough last week, not turning the ball over, really, really playing a great second half. This defense just added Leonard Williams. Yeah, right? Like, I mean, look, this defense is pretty good. Witherspoon is right in the rookie of the year conversation. They just added Leonard Williams. Why not the Seahawks? Why why are the Seahawks so far behind the the San Francisco 49ers? You're telling me, what, they have less than a 20% chance to win that division? No, I'm not buying that at all. I think that that they play on Thanksgiving. It's going to be a great game. I think the Seahawks are right there in the mix. They might not win... 50% 50% of the time, but I don't need them to win 50% of the time for, for those odds to be pretty good. Frank, about, got about 30 seconds. We were talking yesterday about the best job in football for a head coach, Ben Johnson, obviously the bell of the ball, as is Lou Anarumo. Bills, Saints, or Chargers, if you were Ben Johnson, which job would you want the most? <laughs> Whew. I, I'd, I'd take the Chargers because you have the quarterback. I really believe in him. You have the talent. And the bar is so low there. There's no pressure either. There's no Chargers fans. What are the four Chargers fans going to try to run you out of town? Like, it doesn't (laughs) matter. Like, there's no pressure. You get to live in L.A. You you get to play with a team that's never won anything. So you're not in Buffalo in that cauldron. The Saints are just down right now. I don't think that that's a good situation. So give me the Chargers because they have the infrastructure where, man, if you go 9-8 and and don't blow games every single week, they're going to think you're Vince Lombardi. (laughs) The the always great Frank Schwab, Yahoo Sports. Love having you on, man. Thanks for the time. Yeah, appreciate it, guys.